We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast presented by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. My name is Steven, and I am your host, as always, and uh, here to wrap up our pregame coverage of the Chargers playoff game as they head to the uh, Jacksonville Swamp, I guess, uh, taking on the uh, the Jaguars this week. So uh, excited to dive into everything today. Unfortunately, do have some uh, negative news to start off, you know, but it wouldn't be a... Uh, usual pregame wrap-up show without some uh, injury discussion, uh, but we'll get to that point. We're also going to uh, make some of our uh, general NFL wildcard predictions, division predictions. We're basically going to run through the uh, playoff picture pretty quick here and uh, in, in place of our weekly picks, so uh, excited to dive into all that. And then we'll take some of your questions uh, for the back half of the show. So do, joining me tonight to uh, do that are my guys Tyler and Alex. Alex, we'll start with you, man. How's it going tonight? uh it's going good so i mean we get to start the playoffs tomorrow so that's going to be fun and uh run through and make our super bowl picks here so uh you can tell whether i love the chargers or the eagles more tonight uh finally <laughs> we can settle the debate uh but no i'm excited to be here and uh make good these picks and playoff season always the best season in the nfl yeah it is and i'm uh i'm super glad we get to cover a playoff game this week as opposed to uh, anything else that would be happening uh, if they had not made the playoffs. So uh, Tyler is here as well, man. Tyler, what's up? How are you doing tonight? Great. My back feels awesome. Oh, man. Too soon? I think Jumping too straight soon. into it. I was, I, I was trying to be like, oh, let me test the waters. And then Tyler's like, no. There's over 100 people here for one reason. And it's not me. <laughs> yeah, so... Not 
very very true so uh obviously we we do have to talk about the mike williams situation today as he uh was ruled out unfortunately uh and um you know just just a really bad situation for mike williams so just kind of obviously running through it a little bit here running through the timeline uh, after he gets injured on Sunday, obviously there are the, the tweets from uh, Daniel Popper. Uh, you know, after he gets carted off, he needs some, you know, help uh, getting onto the team bus. Reportedly from Daniel Jeremiah needed help getting onto the, uh, or not Daniel Jeremiah. I think it was Matt Money Smith um, needed help getting onto the plane as well. Brandon Staley coming out and saying that he expected him to uh, practice throughout the week after the MRI and X-rays both came back negative. Uh, he ended up not practicing and then additional testing today revealed that he did have some fractures or one fracture. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure there uh, in his lower back. So uh, basically, Mike Williams is not going to be able to play unless the Chargers play again the season, I should say, unless the Chargers make it to the Super Bowl uh, is the tweet that Tom Pelissero said out today. So um, <laughs> worst case scenario for Mike Williams after getting injured on Sunday after we all kind of thought that uh, we had dodged a bullet that Mike Williams is going to be able to play on Sunday. Uh, instead, he is basically out for whatever remains of the Chargers season. So, uh, Tyler, we'll start with you, man. Um, been a, kind of a frustrating day on social media, been a frustrating time to, you know, talk about this playoff game. And, and for me, like, it's just like I want to be in a positive mindset heading into tomorrow. But this Mike Williams situation has really kind of clouded over everything. Um, what's been your kind of takeaway from all of this? Um, surprised. I thought today or even tomorrow I would have woken up with one of two options. It's one, that Mike Williams will play, but it'll be limited. Or two, that he wouldn't play. But, you know, it's, it's something that's going to take a bit. He'll be back next week. I did not expect this today, and I'm sure the Chargers didn't either. And they've really struggled mightily this year with either injury diagnosis or just getting it wrong or rushing guys back or setbacks or whatever. For whatever reason this year, they've just really struggled in a way that you know we, we talked about earlier in the year. And we just keep adding little pieces of evidence that say like something's off. I mean, you have Kenneth Murray, who was supposed to be you know healing at a certain rate. He didn't. So he had surgery. OK, that happens. But then J.C. Jackson has ankle surgery to remove a bone in his ankle. And, okay, that that's very odd, but all right, you know, before the season. Then they rush him back in week two, and he plays, what, 100% of the snaps, and he has a setback and misses the next game. Then Keenan Allen is hurt in week one, and he's, you know, per source, he was rushed back in the game against the Falcons, even though it was supposed to be on a limited snap count basis. He was rushed back. He has a, a bi-week setback, you know, and doesn't play. You see against, you know, the Jaguars that Herbert was out there far longer than he should have been. Granted, I understand that Herbert would never call himself out and bring himself out. But as a head coach, no Lindsley, no Slater, you know, quarterback has fractured rib cage or whatever it was. You got to pull him at some point, but nope, left him out there, uh, pressured 31 times that game. And now Staley, you know, he keeps his starters out there against the, the Broncos, which like for everyone, like, oh, he, he should have never played anyone from the beginning. I can't get on board with that entirely. Of course, in hindsight, sure. Of course, it would be nice if nobody had played and everyone just tied and 0-0, we all went home. But I understand why the guys were out there. But then you leave them out there in the first quarter, 
and then the second quarter, and then the third quarter in that meaningless game. And then Mike Williams gets hurt in the two-minute drill. We're ending the half, and he's getting hurt. And then, oh, he's back at practice. All right, well, you know, he'll play or practice at some point. Or he's not back at practice, but he might be back at practice at some point. Okay, but, you know, whatever. Okay, well, he's not going to get practice reps because, you know, rest is more important. Oh, wait, now it's a back fracture. So it's really just not just me being frustrated with today's news about Mike Williams being hurt. It's really just the season overall where, you know, you can point fingers wherever. You know, it does kind of start with the head coach because it's it's his team. You know, it's just something's off with this regime right now. And now, you know, losing Mike Williams is so tough. And I understand why some Chargers fans are very pessimistic about this game now. And it's like, oh, it's just Mike Williams. But he's been a big part of the team for sure when he's when, when he's been healthy. But like, you can't honestly tell me that this coaching staff is going to, is, is a coaching staff that can overcome their injuries really and beat these, upper tier AFC teams, the Jaguars being, you know, a team that granted many weeks ago, beat the snot out of the Chargers 38 to 10. Right. And that's probably the worst team they're going to be facing in the AFC. And so I get it when Chargers fans are a bit pessimistic because the players are the reason the Chargers are going to go anywhere in the postseason. You know, I'm not like Joe Lombardi's the reason this offense is going to be good. No, it's, it's Justin Herbert. It's Austin Eckler. It's Keenan Allen. And we just hope the coaches don't get in the way. And so now when you lose a superstar player like Mike Williams, who we've seen clearly over the last you know month or so, why he's so important when you lose him. Yeah, I get it why fans are f- pessimistic. I get why, you know, you're a bit flat right now, Steven. Like you said, like you just can't really get into this game. And we we decided to do this stream tonight because we're like, you know what, listen, this might be the last time that we get to stream and know that the Chargers are playing, you know, tomorrow or the next day or whatever, because tomorrow they might lose and that's it for the season. So we were so excited to jump on this stream. And now I'm, I'm still excited for the game, I guess, but it's just not quite the same. Real bummer today. Yeah, um, it's a real bummer. Uh, I don't know where to begin. I mean, we start from obviously Sunday where Staley is playing Justin Herbert, you know, a whole quarter and a half past when Mike Williams came out of the game. Uh, Austin Eckler is taking huge hits from linebackers at the goal line. God knows what reason. Um, And Staley has always called himself a process over results guy, right? Which is to say that regardless of the results that happen, you know, there's a simulation where you get all, you know, the Chargers top line starters healthy and they play three or four quarters of that Denver game. This is the alternative, right? Um, And this is, was always a possibility if you go with the more risky option, right? Um, and so in terms of the process, this is why, uh, you know, Arjun and Tyler were on the podcast on Sunday, and this is why it was so baffling that Brandon Stanley left the starters in for so long, uh, including mostly Justin Herbert, you know, all the way through the end of the third quarter, Eckler and Keenan too. Um, and, and this was the possibility, right? And it wasn't like a Joey Bosa situation where it's like, okay, you're trying to get him reps, you know, whatever, like that's a bit of a different situation. Um, or Derwin James, uh, for example. But Mike Williams wasn't really in that kind of position. He had missed time this year, but obviously had played quite a few games in a row at this point. You're not really looking at getting him reps in the same way that you're getting those players. Um, and so to not have him for this Jacksonville game and to not have him for this playoff run unless they make the Super Bowl, which, let's face it, they're not making the Super Bowl without Mike Williams. Um, I think they can get by Jacksonville, perhaps, 
you look me in the eyes and tell me that they're beating the Chiefs without Mike Williams. And I will call you a liar because they're not. Um, so that's the reality of this Chargers playoff run. Uh, and I, I'm super excited still for tomorrow to see playoff primetime Justin Herbert. Um, but this is, a, this is a huge vibe killer, I mean, for this playoff run. And the roster management, as Steven pointed out today, uh, you know, in terms of elevating Larry Roundtree uh, instead of a fifth receiver, you know, in a game where now you have four receivers, God forbid DeAndre Carter gets hurt on a kick return or something. And now you're playing with Keenan and Bandy and Palmer, right? Like in a, in a playoff game. And that's it. Keenan, Keenan has always also had, you know, trouble staying healthy at points, right? So now you're going to play three or four receivers, um, depending on, you know, what the play calls for and not have a full assortment out there, not have Mike Williams out there. Again, I, I think you can get by Jacksonville, but, it, you know, we'll get to game picks in a while and who each of us are picking and why. Uh, but yeah, this is a huge vibe killer for the season and it's Brandon Staley's fault at the end of the day that he's not going to have his most explosive, you know, offensive playmaker outside of, you know, if you want to argue Austin Eckler, fine. Um, but he's not going to have his most explosive receiver on the field in a playoff game. And he only has himself to blame for that at the end of the day, should have pulled all the offensive starters or as many as he could have after the first quarter. And that includes Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, and Justin Herbert. Um, and going into this game with this being the situation, it's about as bad as it could have gone. And uh, not the decision that I think he should have made, you know, with potentially being on the hot seat if he does lose this game. Uh, and I think that considering the decision making of the last few weeks, it's, it's kind of justified now. Uh, I'm not going to say that he should be fired if they lose this game. He shouldn't be. That's a discussion based on a whole review, the season to review of Staley, you know, after the season, whenever that is. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I will guarantee you that Sean Payton or some people that want this job probably weren't too unhappy today um, with what happened and how Staley is going to get a lot of crap for the media for it. And at this point, with this specific instance, it's rightfully so. Yeah, we got uh, Arjun in the chat now as well. So I'm so sorry, Arjun. <laughs> we uh, we forgot to send Arjun the link, so we you know we had him uh, <laughs> waiting there just uh, sitting out. But um, you know, wanted to get you in, obviously in a in a natural transition here. So uh, Arjun, what's up, man? And uh, what's your uh, takeaway today from uh, the Mike Williams situation that unfolded this afternoon? Yeah, I gotta say, I'm glad that it's only the start of the semester and none of my classes are like anything <laughs> interesting where I kind of have to like really pay attention because just the kind of downslope of what happened on Twitter from Mike Williams just being out to missing the entire playoffs, just seeing the entire Chargers Twitter fan base kind of crumble. Uh, that was, so, you know, some, obviously I didn't enjoy it at all, but it was something that, you know, I definitely like had to be, pay attention for. And yeah, I mean, I think Alex and Tyler and, and even you, Stephen, said a lot of the, the things I was going to say. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't agree with the decision to keep the starters out past the second touchdown. And just, you know, I, I've talked to some people kind of within the league also, and they didn't understand the decision to, number one, even play the starters. Like they were like, oh, we saw what Dable did. Like, why couldn't Staley do that? And I think that's the biggest issue to me. And also just the 
you know, whole thing about, you know, he said in the presser, like, oh, it's it's tough to do like manage this roster. I think Staley is a great coach. I think he's one of the best defensive minds in the league. Does a lot of great stuff game planning. I still think the biggest worry for me and just issue with him so far and through two years has been the roster management personnel decisions. And again, the 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 whole injury thing comes back to activating four receivers on game day, something that Alex touched on just now. They're still doing that, by the way. And I, I think like I don't know if he has complete autonomy over whether players should play or not. Remember in week three, he was like, oh, Justin is the ultimate competitor. I'm not going to take him out because he said he wants to play. Well, you should know better than Justin. Obviously, the players are going to want to play. These guys have livelihoods they have to play for, stats they need to put up. And I think that's just the issue with this and ultimately why the Chargers are, are in the situation. Yeah, and obviously, like, we're going to get to the exciting parts of this game. You know, we, like, I think there is obviously, you know, some enthusiasm about tomorrow's matchup, but I'm a bad news guy first, good news second kind of guy. And, you know, I, I think it, it's only right that we start this conversation today with the Mike Williams news. And I understand that there are certain people that want everything to be 100% positivity heading into tomorrow. But Mike Williams is one of the five most important players on this team, in my opinion, especially with the way that this offense is constructed and the way that Joe Lombardi calls games. And this is a, a double take here because the, the Chargers do not have other vertical threats on this roster. I think Joshua Palmer is an intermediate guy. I think Keenan Allen's a short and intermediate guy. You know, they don't have Jalen Guyton. They don't have another speed threat. I think DeAndre Carter is really limited with what he can do. Michael Bandy's not a deep threat guy. So do the Chargers have, have the pieces to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars tomorrow? Yes, absolutely. This is not a one-sided affair. And I think it is absolutely fair to say that the defensive side of the ball is probably more important for the Chargers this week than the offensive side of the ball too. But at the same time, you know, we were expecting more than, hey, they can still potentially beat the Jaguars heading into this playoff push. Like the Chargers have had some momentum recently. Like they do have, they at least, you know, with Mike Williams on the team, they did have the pieces to to make a legitimate uh, playoff push. Obviously they would have to have things fall their way, but now you're if you win this game you're not having the chief killer against the chiefs like mike williams not playing against the chiefs is a huge huge deal so yes absolutely there are certain things to be positive about excited about but not having mike williams in this potential playoff push is a huge huge deal to me because of the way that this offense is constructed and coached and you know now you're going to be asking justin herbert to throw into tight windows essentially all game long and now you're asking Keenan Allen to potentially get doubled all game long because the Chargers don't have any other viable deep threat. Like, you know, we talked earlier in the season about how all of these injuries and the lack of, you know, creativity from Joe Lombardi were all compressing the field and making things so much more difficult for Justin Herbert. And now because there's no Mike Williams, we're back to that point, right? Like the, the Chargers have to play essentially a perfect game on offense because they don't have the explosive playability that these other teams have. You know, Joe Joe Burrow can go out this weekend and not play a perfect game, but he can throw two go balls to Jamar Chase, and they're good. Like, they're good on offense. The Chargers don't have that ability anymore without Mike Williams. So, uh, again, we'll get to some of the more exciting things here in a second, but if you're acting like everything is perfect and, and you know, the Chargers can still absolutely make a Super Bowl push without Mike Williams, 
I just, I don't share that sentiment. And I, I think people who are trying to be 100% positive are underselling the impact and value that Mike Williams has on this team. Yeah, it's been a fascinating look at the chat today. Uh, I didn't realize, I mean, it's it's a back fracture. I didn't know what people expected us to start the show with today. Like this dude is a back fracture. Yeah. He's out for the postseason and the decisions that led up to that. It's both frustrating, concerning, disappointing, and it sucks. Like we're bummed out because Mike Williams is out. Like we, before the Broncos game, we were talking about, you know, what are the X factors for this team to make, you know, make a push in the postseason. Alex said, Mike Williams. And we all said, yeah, like we're so stoked to watch him. And I was hurt. So yeah, we're bummed people in the chat. Sorry, but this is something that really, really stinks and does really cap the potential for this team. Again, this team is not going to go as far as their coaches can take them. It's as far as these players do. And one of their best players, I disagree with top five, but one of those one of those players is gone. And he, he was very important. If you want to say top five important players for a postseason push, I wouldn't hate that though. Yeah, also, I mean, I, I'm on board with you guys that in terms of their long-term run, um, it, this definitely puts a dent in their chances, especially since Kansas City Mike is, you know, a lethal weapon. I still think people are kind of like, overreacting too much to this injury against this in this game specifically yeah like i agree with that i'll say this the mike williams news came out what like 10 and 10 a.m eastern 11 a.m eastern the the you know obviously i reference the betting markets a lot because that is one of the best indicators of predicting how a game is going to go the the line hasn't really moved it stayed at two and a half or stayed at minus two favoring the chargers the chargers have not moved to underdogs like Mike Williams obviously is an integral part of this team, but he's not the only part of this team. And I still think the Chargers right. have the pieces to win this game. You guys have said it well, but I think people are overreacting too much saying, oh, the Chargers have no chance. Like the thing with the Jaguars, and this was one of the things I was looking at, the place on defense they struggle the most is when teams throw in the, in the short part of the field, zero to nine yards. They have one of the worst EPAs allowed in the league, one of the worst uh, success rates allowed when teams target the short part of the field. That's not Mike's specialty. That's Keenan's specialty. Also coming back from this game that they didn't have in week three was Corey Lindsley. I think that's a huge step up from what they had in week three. I don't necessarily think, you know, Mike Williams being out hurts the Chargers as much as people think. Definitely think it's a downgrade for the rest of the playoffs because you need explosive plays to beat teams like the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals. But in this game against the Jags, I definitely think the Chargers still have a chance and people aren't really giving them much of a chance, it feels like, in our fan base, and especially outside of it. I mean, people think the Chargers are nothing without Justin Herbert. And trust me, those on-off splits that people like Warren Sharp want to use, don't, like, <laughs> I understand what they're showing. Just yeah. understand there's other factors involved, including Corey Lindsley being out, Trey mm -hmm. Pipkins being out, Rashawn Slater being out. Don't just blindly reference the on-off splits just because it, you know, helps your argument. It doesn't, because those things are always um, need more context applied. Yeah, yeah, I think. Sorry, I was, Alex, go ahead. I was just going to say in terms of the on off splits, right? Like they're going to have Keenan Allen at the very least on Saturday. And so much of the Mike Williams off the field is when Keenan Allen was also off the field. In addition to Rashawn Slater and Trey Pipkins and, and all the people that uh, Arjun mentioned, obviously. So, um, you know, you sort of just hope that they can get by this game uh, against the Jags and, and hope Staley rises to the occasion in that sense. Um, you know, definitely is going to be a, a defensive masterclass against Lawrence, which, you know, he struggled against uh, disguised defenses as we, you know, as the stats have kind of bared out as people have seen. Um, so definitely still an opportunity for that. You know, things to hope for for this Jags game. It's just like Tyler said, this, this is an injury that 
caps what the Chargers ceiling is this year. Right. Um, and that, I think, is the biggest shame of it all in terms of the injury and, and how it happened. Just didn't need to happen this way. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really well said, Alex. And I think to Arjun's point, too, um, I think it was um, Robert Mays who was highlighting. It might have been Mays or might have been Ben Solak or somebody like that. Um, the the Jaguars are, I think, fifth worst in EPA allowed per target when it's targeted to a tight end. So, you know, this could be a big Donald Parham game, could be a, a big Gerald Everett game as well. So, again, like I said on Twitter, like the Chargers absolutely have the pieces to win this game. It's just the whole situation and the way it un- unfolded and, you know, losing somebody like Mike Williams for potentially the le- the rest of the playoff push that re- that really hurts it. So, um, again, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of the, you know, more exciting factors. We'll take some questions and things like that. Um, but obviously I have to get the uh, Mike Williams conversation out of the way so uh now that we have uh you know we'll kind of move on here um tyler we'll start with you kind of your uh, your final thoughts as we prepare for this uh outside of the michael williams conversation where's your head at in terms of things that you are looking forward to seeing tomorrow or things that concern you about the jaguars um you know we'll go around the horn here essentially and then we'll, we'll get to some of our predictions for this game it really is the defense because we saw it be basically awful for most of the year, particularly the run defense, but you know, those, those big run plays or just run defense in general or failing to hold, you know, better head coaches and their offenses back. And then there was a stretch where they looked pretty, pretty good, but there was, there was always that asterisk next to it because it was Nick Foles and it was, you know, two after they had played the 49ers. Now granted, I thought the Dolphins would do a lot more than they did. So that's, that's credit to the defense, but on a bit of a downswing there, and they've lost, I think, every game since, if I'm not mistaken. I'm heading into the postseason. Um, you know, you had Baker Mayfield and the Rams. You well, you had Russell Wilson, and they kind of torched you. But like, I really just wasn't really believing in this defense. And even though they were playing really, really well, you get to that game against the Rams. They hold them to ten, but you see a crack in this defense, and it really wasn't great. But you know, you only held them, you held them to ten, so you're okay. Then you go play the Broncos, and now there's this kind of this Twitter debate of, oh, well, they they weren't really actually playing hard. Like, they weren't actually trying to go win. Like, they were kind of taking it easy, which I think there's a bit of truth to that. But also, you could see that there were some problems, too. So now, with Staley's job, I think potentially on the line here, especially after this whole debacle, like, he has to put on a truly meaningful defensive performance. Now, granted, he doesn't go make tackles and doesn't miss tackles. But he has to coach up a really good defensive performance here. So I think they can get it done. But like some people pointed out in the chat, part of the reason this Mike Williams loss is so you know, damaging potentially is because I don't trust this defense. But you go to this rematch to a team again that you lost 38 to 10 or 10 to 38, really. And you hold them and you rebound. That's great. And like I'd have a bit more confidence moving forward, obviously. But I mean, that's the storyline. Can Staley actually coordinate a good defense or is he going to get out coached by doug peterson like he wasn't in week three i yeah i think i share exact all of the things you said tyler i do feel a little bit more optimistic i think than most people about the defense um just typically i mean we talked about it in our like group chat i i do think there's a lot of like similarities between this game and the dolphins game where everyone was talking about staley's job security heading into that dolphins game no one had any faith in this defense. No one really had any faith in the team. 
even though this week we're favored and against the Dolphins, we were not favored. And it, it does feel like it, it could we could end up seeing this type of Brandon Staley masterclass. We did see a tweet by Mina Kaim showing that Trevor Lawrence's QBR is really low when teams disguise their coverage. You know, that is the kind of hallmark of Staley's defense, just disguising coverage, just pre-snap to post-snap. So there is definitely an angle for them to succeed there. Um you know, the run defense obviously has, is still an issue for the Chargers. I don't know what it's going to look like with Bosa back. I think at times, I mean, even in the Jag or even in the Rams game and Broncos game with Bosa on the field, it, it does feel like it has been a little bit leaky. I just think the the concepts, the Jags run, which is primarily inside zone and outside zone, they particularly as a defense or as, as an offense haven't been as successful running those concepts. And um, just kind of like the last thing about this, I do think at the end of the day, like you like the game is won by the players. I think it does come down to like how well Justin Herbert plays. Obviously um, the, the Jaguars defense, I think is, has performed well the past three weeks. But again, if you adjust, you have to kind of adjust for opponents. They haven't really played the toughest slate of quarterbacks. Right. And I do think the way the chargers play their offense and the kind of the stat I referenced earlier about how bad they are um, when teams throw short and like just forcing them to tackle. I think that does give the chargers um, a little bit of an advantage there. Yeah, you know, to your point there, uh, obviously, me and you, Arjun, were talking uh, on Twitter the other day about, you know, red zone touchdown percentage, how the, the Jaguars haven't allowed any uh, red zone touchdowns over the last three weeks. And, you know, that's in part to, you know, the teams that they were playing, like you mentioned. And, you know, on the opposite side, the Chargers have, uh, you know, been converting red zone touchdowns around 77%, which is, you know, a really, really great number. The, the red zone offense for them has been, fantastic over the years so that or not over these over the last few weeks i should say so that should be something that i think is really interesting in this game is, is how does that red area pan out for the chargers um are they able to really kind of run the ball like they have been um able to do this week with the with the jaguars and again like this is another reason why losing mike williams hurts because now you can condense the field a little bit more and play in heavier boxes against austin eckler and company so you know i i th i think the the chargers offense obviously gonna be in a much better situation then week three, obviously, even without Mike Williams in this game, because you'll have Keenan Allen in this matchup. You'll have Corey Lindsley, which probably is even more important and the most important return uh, in comparing that game. So um, I think Corey Lindsley is playing at an incredible level right now, and I expect him to do that uh, this week as well. Yeah, and I mean, going into this game, if, if we're putting happy faces on, you still do get primetime Justin Herbert, right? I mean, that is uh, going into this game uh, in, in this environment against, you know, one of his, uh, one of his, you know, rival quarterbacks, if you want to put it that way, not really a rival, but a contemporary uh, of his uh, at this time, right? You know, we saw how Justin Herbert kind of came into that Tua game. We've seen how he's played Mahomes in primetime, obviously, uh, before. So getting to play Trevor Lawrence with all the media speculation about that, um, you know, you kind of get to see not that which guy is better. That's not what this game is going to settle. But um, just excited to see Justin Herbert in that sense. And like Tyler said, we're going to learn how good this defense really is. Uh, because, you know, like Tyler said, you can talk about the opponents, the Colts, the Broncos, Nick Foles, Russell Wilson, uh, and, and the whole gambit that they played over the last month. Um, but obviously, this is a game where you're going to play Trevor Lawrence and this guy's coverages are not right. I mean, he still is going to be able to kind of, I think, read and react well. And it's going to be up to this defense uh, to, to play up to its potential. And then I think the last thing before we get to like our final game picks, 
you know, this is the first, uh, well, he did coach against Sean McVay a couple weeks ago uh, with, you know, uh, the Rams roster in the state that it's in. But this is a, pr- a primetime playoff matchup against, you know, one of the top playoff coaches in this league right now uh, in Doug Peterson. So um, seeing how Brandon Staley adjusted in that environment in his first playoff game on the road, um, you know, I think that is part of why there is so much hot seat talk in addition to this Mike Williams situation. Um, but we're going to learn about a lot about Brandon Staley in this game too. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. And, you know, this is, there's been a lot of pressure, you know, uh, or there is a lot of pressure, I think, on Brandon Staley this week to, you know, help his uh, offense losing Mike Williams, uh, give them some extra possessions and things like that. So, all right, as a uh, reference, we'll get to our uh, score picks here. And then we are also going to, uh, run through the playoff bracket and sorry, Tyler, uh, run through the playoff bracket and make some of our predictions uh, in that regard. So it, it was uh, funny looking back on our uh, our preseason predictions and how much faith uh, each of us had in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Rams and the <laughs> Packers and. No, no, I think Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the four seed. I did not think they would be eight and nine or whatever they are, but I did have that. If you go back and check the tape. <laughs> I don't want to go back. I, looked. I don't want to go back. Me either. I made some real shit picks aside from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the NFC in general uh, was a was a, a, a real weak point for all of us. But, uh, of course, we'll start with the uh, Chargers and Jaguars game. We'll start with uh, Arjun here. Arjun, what is uh, your score prediction for the Chargers and Jaguars this week? All right. Um, I feel like I might be in the minority here. I am going with the Chargers win. I'm going 27-24. Dicker for the win. All right. Uh, Alex, we'll hit, we'll uh, start with, we'll hit you next after uh, Arjun here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 27 24 loss um i don't know man like i just think this is a tough environment particularly without mike williams i think that the chargers can still win this game um but this is a pretty nasty swing to have and it's like steven said it's the roster management that exists in place of you know this scenario obviously you can't replace mike williams but rolling four wide receivers um you know, not having Mike Williams in any of your red zone or to be able to get into the red zone with Mike Williams, more DeAndre Carter targets in the red zone. (laughs) Like 
I don't know. I just can see this being an ugly offensive game for the Chargers. And, you know, really the only scenario where they win is like the Jaguars have like an equally ugly offensive game, which I don't know, like that's going to come down to Brandon Staley versus Doug Peterson rematching. Um, And I, at this point, just kind of trust Doug Peterson more, especially when you consider all of the hits that the Chargers roster has taken uh, and particularly this Mike Williams loss. So close game. I could see it going either way, but I, I kind of do think on the road East coast playoff game. I, I just, I don't see a path to victory without Mike Williams right now. All right, Tyler, you're next. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely fair. Whatever you predicted the score to be win or loss, like the score has to go down a little bit for at least the Chargers offense, because there's no Mike Williams, you know, and I know people think they, they can win without him, but you know, it's going to be tough. I think the Chargers are somewhere in between, you know, I think that, I think this game exists somewhere between where it was in week three. You don't have Cam Robinson for the Jaguars. They don't have Smoot. You know, I, I think the Jaguars played honestly the best offensive game plan and game. I've seen someone play against the Chargers all season. I don't think you can replicate that twice, although they'll certainly try because it's their scheme and their offense and it worked. Um, they don't have James Robinson. I think that's an X factor that's really not talked about. I know they have Travis Etienne, but I do feel like only having Travis Etienne, you know, <laughs> can bring things towards the middle. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was really not so great. I think the defense for the Chargers has been playing better. And at the end of the day, I do believe in Justin Herbert and honestly the way the offense has looked, or at least Justin Herbert has looked. If they looked as they had, you know, before say the Rams game, I'd pick a loss because they're scoring 14 to 17 points. You know, and I don't expect the Chargers to hold the Jaguars to less than 20. But I do think that the Chargers do pull this off, which again, my people in the chat should be a bit patient. We get through the news, but I do believe the Chargers are going to win this. And I really do hang that mostly on Justin Herbert. I think the defense can do enough. You know, they're kind of a boomer bust defense. So I think occasionally you get your one pick, a couple of sacks. And the office just has to do enough. I don't think they'll reach their potential because they don't have Mike Williams, but I do think they win. I'm going to go 24-23 Chargers. All right, there we go. Yeah, you know, be patient, stick with us, and we'll uh, we'll get to the positivity at some point. Uh, like we've always said, we try and be, you know, uh, call it both ways how we see it both ways. So um, I think when I have been look, thinking about this game all week long, I have – you know, harken back to to two big things, you know, when, when it comes to how I perceive this matchup. And uh, the first thing I mentioned it earlier, that's, that's the return of Corey Lindsley and, and the way that he's been playing. I think if you go back and watch that game, I think the one thing that the Chargers offense really struggled with the most was the, you know, exotic pressures, the simulated pressures, the stunts that the Jaguars really like to do. And, you know, this this defensive coaching staff, comes from the Tampa Bay defensive coaching staff. They really like they really believe in heating quarterbacks up. They have the personnel to do it. I mean Trayvon Walker, Arden Key, Josh Allen, Dwayne Smoot, and you know uh, I think actually I think Smoot is her my that's uh my mistake mistake, but Roy Robertson Harris as well. Um this is a deep pass rushing group for the Jacksonville Jaguars and they've had kind of had some ups and downs and I think when they've gone up against a team who can really handle those exotic pressures and handle those stunts then they're not able to really heat up the quarterback as much as they are. So I, I do think that Corey Lindsley's return, again, is an underrated storyline here. 
way he's played this season is is an underrated storyline and you know only allowing five pressures this season in total is insane so that's one thing for me the other thing is is the Chargers pass rush they only registered 11 total pressures against Trevor Lawrence last time granted he you know got the ball out in 2.28 seconds that week but Joey Bosa in 24 pass rush snaps has seven pressures right now his pass rush win rate on PFF is 40 percent of those 24 pass rush snaps uh which granted it's a very limited sample size it's two weeks but that's second best in the league over the last two weeks of the season uh so joey's return Corey's return i think are the key things to a chargers victory and again i do think that mike williams makes it his uh absence in this game will make it harder to score absolutely will so i'm going similar score here uh but i'm gonna say chargers win 23 to 21 uh this week against the jacksonville jaguars so look at that we got three predicted wins uh after all that negative talk about mike williams so there you go yeah i certainly it's going to be close i think the last time it was like what 46 and a half 47 and a half i'm sure arjun knows off the top of his head 47 and a half what this game or last game this game yeah this game is 47 and a half right now yeah, so we're we're kind of floating in that range. I don't think this is like, oh, Chargers win by two touchdowns or whatever. Um, but I also don't think they lose by two touchdowns. I think it's it's going to be tight either way. I mean, we're all it's a three point difference, one point difference, three point difference, two point difference. I mean, that's going to be it's playoff football. Yeah, I mean, Alex can obviously speak on uh, Doug Peterson and his playoff record better than uh, probably be anyone else in the Chargers fan base. But Doug is too good of a coach to to let this be, you know, a, a Chargers win by multiple scores. Like the Jaguars are a legitimately well-run offense. You know, Doug and Trevor Lawrence are are clicking right now. So, you know, Doug's a great coach, man. And I think him versus Staley is going to be a really fun chess match on uh, tomorrow night. I don't, yeah, I don't think I gave my analysis. I just like, because I thought since we're doing a lot of games. I thought it was going to be quick too, but you know, yeah. who's nervous? <laughs> It's the only score that I actually would give analysis to. Otherwise, look, look, it's going to be balanced out. We're going to all pick Cincinnati and Buffalo, so we'll we'll speed it up (laughs) exactly. (laughs) But go ahead, Arjun. No, no, I I just want to say I do think it all. I picked the Chargers to win because Herbert's playing well. I don't think he's had a bad game outside of really the Colts game since the bye week, um, or even since at least the Dolphins game. I think he's been playing at a very high level, and I would have been more pessimistic about this team without Mike Williams had Herbert not been playing at the level he's playing. We did see this offense be really stagnant early in the season without Keenan Allen because Herbert was playing hurt. But because I think the offensive line's slowly getting better each week, Herbert's getting better each week, or playing at an, at an elite level each week, I think the Chargers definitely have the capability of winning this game. What do you guys think? Some people are talking about in the chat just a little bit. How much running do you think Herbert will do this game? And I'm talking... Not necessarily about like bootlegs and just rolling out to throw left or whatever. Although that's Mike Williams' play, so I guess not. But uh, <laughs> they have run it to Palmer a couple times. They, that's true. I think they did it against the Chiefs, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um. How? But how much diving forward and getting that first down do you think we'll see from Herbert this game? None. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I don't. I, I don't think, think we'll so. see a couple scrambles, but I don't think it's gonna be you know anything like we saw from his rookie year or like yeah. people were like well he can do he did it against uh wisconsin in the rose bowl it's like yeah that's that's not really who he's been in the last couple of years so i think we'll see a couple scrambles as kim points out in the, the chat we'll see a, a couple qb sneaks I, I, if you put like over under like four and a half rushing attempts for her i probably would take the under yeah yeah it's it's hard to evaluate because on one hand you could say 
last week he passed up, you know, a pretty good rushing opportunity where he could have had a first down. Um, and I think that was the Trey McKitty ball uh, in the back of the end zone. But, mm. um, you know, at the same time, you also don't want Justin Herbert in what was already a meaningless game where he was already playing too long, you know, running up and picking first downs and potentially getting hit. Right. So, but I mean, his tendency since he's gotten back from the rib injury has also still been to be pretty cautious, even as we are two, three months removed. Um, so yeah, I mean, would love to see Justin Herbert just, you know, using the full extent of his athleticism in this game. I, I just, we haven't seen it really since the rib injury. And so it, it would feel weird to still predict it. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I totally agree with that. So we'll get, we'll get to uh, some of these wildcard picks. We'll uh, try and get here really quickly. So I'll start <laughs> us off here. Uh, I am going with the uh, Bengals over the Ravens. The Lamar Jackson situation, extremely weird. Uh, sounds like he's probably on his way out there. Uh, and then shocker, I'm going bills over dolphins. Uh, to round out the AFC wildcard picture. Okay, I, I, all the same I just did it for yeah. everyone. Is that fine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, Arjun. I was thinking it's Tyler Thompson. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, no, I think Arjun. I don't know. Do you, Bengals, uh, you know, yeah. Joe Burrow might. He might not be him tomorrow or Sunday. So, yeah. I know. I'm still going Bengals. I'm still going Bengals. Yeah. Okay. All right, Arjun, uh, kick us off in the NFC. Um, yeah, so I feel like such a square for saying this, but I do think the Bucks win against the Cowboys. Mm. You can just go through the other two if you want really quick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Bucks over Cowboys. I'm going to go Giants over the Vikings, the fraudulent Vikings. And I think the, the Niners slap the mm, Seahawks. Tyler, you're putting those in, in my slot. Sorry. Didn't mean to put it in your slot. Okay. That's Arjun. okay. And then uh, Seahawks at uh, Niners, Arden, you got there. I got Niners, like just destroying them. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> All right, Alex, you go next. Yeah, um, I heard that Mike McCarthy showed uh, pictures to the Cowboys of uh, the like 10 Cowboys who are alive, apparently, during the last <laughs> road Cowboys playoff win in 1992 today. Are you serious? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> um i don't know like i think the cowboys can win this game but at the same time dak's been turning the ball over too much and their defense has regressed from where it was earlier in the season so i hate saying this but tom brady is gonna win another playoff game that he probably has no business winning uh so i'll i'll pick the bucks in that one uh giants vikings is hard i want to say fraudulent vikings and all that and so I will. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the Vikings. The Vikings are frauds. I think they get eliminated here. Uh, and I'll go, also go with San Francisco. Um, yeah, I, I don't. Unfortunately, the Geno story has to come to an end for now. Um, yeah, but San Francisco is just too good right now uh, to be beat by Seattle. Unfortunately. All right, Tyler, you're up. Okay, uh, I'm gonna pick everyone that everyone else just picked because sure. Uh, Bucks off of Rashad White's 3.7 yards per carry is going to <laughs> Priors, win. yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, this is a big Priors uh setup here. We got the Bucks with Rashad White, Giants with Brian Dable. Listen, the last time I was on here picking and they were, were talking about the, the Vikings, I asked Arjun, like, what well, the Vikings are fraudulent? What are you talking about? And then, of course, uh, <laughs> that, yeah, 
Yeah, they were. So I'm going to go with the Giants, which would be you know a pretty big win for them if Brian Dable can pull out a road win against the Vikings, who again aren't you know they're kind of fraudulent, but without Brian O'Neill, I think that's huge. Yeah, yeah. I, the Brian O'Neill thing, I think, is is the biggest one there. So I, I agree about the Giants and the Niners. I'm going with the Cowboys though. I think uh, I think we see Dak have a bounce back performance. Um, you know, it's not like the uh, Buccaneers have been the uh, picture of offensive line performance this year. So I think we'll see a big Micah Parsons game as well. So uh, it's probably going to bite me in the ass, but I, I, I'm believing in the Cowboys for a week. You know, so we'll see what happens there. All right, we'll get to the divisional round. So uh, AFC, I think we need a second slot for each conference that I'm looking at it. That's my Do you want thing. one for each game or just you want to put the two winners we'll just, yeah, put, the we'll just put the two winners in the yeah, box we'll yeah. put the two winners so um myself tyler and arjun would have uh chargers at chiefs alex obviously would have uh jags at chiefs in this situation so uh we'll start with alex here in the uh afc divisional round uh doug peterson Andy Reid game uh fun unless you're a chargers fan who wants them to win this week but uh, yeah, I think the Chiefs and the Bills uh, advance to the AFC Championship. All right. Does anybody disagree with Chiefs Bills AFC Championship game? I do. <laughs> you do. Uh, okay. It pains me. Well, okay. I think. Chiefs oh, go. Joe Shiesty. Oh, no, no, no. no like, it's like, I think I, I think Chiefs go on. Right. I, I don't. Uh, we talked about how I don't think the Chargers can make a run. That like I don't feel as confident in the Chargers winning in Kansas City without Mike. It pains me. To say <laughs> oh, it pains you, all right. <laughs> but I do think the Bengals win, and I think I don't necessarily, you know, think it's all because of Burrow. I think he's playing well. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Bills are as legit as people think they are. I do buy into Josh. I do buy into the offense. I think their mm-hmm. defense is very overrated. No Von Miller worries me i think their secondary has been banged up the entire year and i do think their secondary has gotten exposed in the second half of the year even with tradavi swipe back so i do think cincinnati goes into buffalo and wins i don't care what the narrative demar hamlin game and all that i buy into the cincinnati defense i think their offense is explosive enough to keep up with buffalo and i just i don't think the bills defense is that good (laughs) I, I could see it. I, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all either. I think, uh, again, you look at the formula for the playoffs, quarterback, explosive playmakers, defense. Yeah. I mean, the Bengals defense is fantastic. I don't think they have any like legitimately like all pro guys, but they're just a bunch of solid players. And Lou Anarumo is a fantastic defensive coordinator. So I could, I could absolutely see them giving Josh Allen some uh, some problems there. But I, I'm still picking the Bills. I think it's... Uh, Josh Allen, I think, has just been fantastic down the stretch. And, uh, you know, I, I do believe in the the DeMar Hamlin narrative kind of uh, mm. pushing them over the top a little bit. All right. Uh, NFC here. I'll start off the NFC here. So we would have – I would have uh, Cowboys at Eagles. would be a fantastic game. Or, wait, no, I would have no, Giants at Eagles. Have excuse Giants me. Eagles, yeah. yeah, I would have Giants, Eagles, and then Cowboys at Niners. So either way, I'm, I'm excited about that one. But I am going to be taking – uh, the Eagles and the Niners to advance from the division round in the NFC. Nice. I um, I uh, my AFC picks are the Chiefs and the Bengals. Oh, you disagreed too. So you're you're going with Arjun. Wow, me and Steve. Uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, I I just 
Yeah, Feisty season. Sure, whatever you want to call <laughs> it. Joe, Joe Barode. That's what his yeah. playoff name is. My, my Someone clip that out, please. Joe Barode. <laughs> All right, uh, Tyler, your NFC pick. Uh, uh, that I will ditto. I completely agree with Eagles Niners. Uh, I assume we know where Alex is going here. Alex, oh, NFC I don't picks? know. Maybe the Giants. No. <laughs> oh, wait, that's Arjuns. Darn it. Joke's not funny anymore. Okay. But okay, so you have Niners and Eagles as well? Yeah, Niners. Yes. Okay. Arjun, same thing? Yeah. All right. So there we go. Uh, Tyler, we'll start with you for uh, conference championship picks here. Okay. Oh, man. I got to pick between the Chiefs and the Bengals. Why did I do that to myself? Uh, John, I wish I could just say the Chargers were in here. But, oh, man. Chiefs are Bengals. It's almost like I'd have to see how these teams play, you know? But I am going to go. Okay. Just in the law of averages, or at some point, the Chiefs Regression to the get, mean. At some point, the Chiefs need to beat the Bengals, right? Like, at some point, I feel like they can pull it off. They do have the best offense in the league. I, I don't entirely, I'm still not entirely sold on the Chiefs defense. And that's how it's really always going to be. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs win that one. And then, as far as the other team, I, as long as Jalen Hurts is healthy, and it seems like he is, and he will be. Then I will go with the Eagles. That's right. Oh, <laughs> same thing, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Um. I. Yeah. I mean, I could see Buffalo or Cincinnati beating um the Chiefs if it comes down to that. But because you know, I don't think the Chiefs have this like dominant one seed in a sense, like where they're just going to run through the conference. But um, I think they'll be in for a hell of an AFC Championship either way. And. Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes in a dome stadium is like an insane uh, potential football yeah. game there. Um, so, you know, you never know what the randomness and high variance of that potential environment. So that could be fun. But I will also go with the Chiefs and the Eagles. Yeah, the, the Chiefs and the Bills played in an AFC championship game in Atlanta, I think is going to be fantastic. It's going to be like a real like more of an event almost than, than mm-hmm. the conference championship uh, usually is. So uh, Arjun, your uh, conference championship picks are who? Yeah, I'm I'm going with the Chiefs from the AFC. I don't see I, I just can't picture Mahomes losing to the Bengals four times. I think the whole he can't figure out Louis Anarumo's scheme is is overblown. His stats have been fine versus him, and I think uh, I do think they'll be able to win an Arrowhead. I'm actually going to go with the Niners from the NFC <sighs> just because like. Okay, look, I I, I get I it. Really like I Alex, I really want the Eagles. Like, I actually, oh, I get I it. Want, I actually want the Eagles to beat the Niners but I just think first of all the whole that the one seeds have no one seeds have like ever made it to the Super Bowl together like it's it happens it doesn't happen that often and two I just like I just trust Shanahan's playoff experience more than Sirianni even if Purdy and you know Hurts don't have much playoff experience as an individual I think Shanahan has kind of shown he can take these mediocre quarterbacks and help them perform or at least establish the run in the playoffs which obviously that matters more to people like RG3 and Bucks and Brooks, right? So um and that's what helps you win games. But yeah, I think the 49ers defense is better. I think their offense could be better in the playoffs with everyone healthy. And I think uh I think I think they come out on top versus the Eagles. Yeah, I, I can see the Niners winning that game. I will say if we lose to Brock Purdy at home, I'm going to be very, I'm gonna be very fucking distraught. But um 
I mean, look, Kyle Shanahan arguably should have been in the Super Bowl last year if uh, what's his name doesn't drop the pick. Jaquiski Tart. If Jaquiski Tart yeah. doesn't drop yeah. the pick mm-hmm. against the Rams in the championship game. Um, so, I mean, you know, he could have had a streak here of potentially a few championship game Super Bowl appearances in a row. Um, I'll be curious to see how they handle the Jimmy Garoppolo thing because that's looming at some point. Um, or if they're just going to ride Purdy the rest of the way, who knows? Um, but yeah, I could, I could see the Niners winning uh, and there's plenty of NFC championship heartbreak in the city of Philadelphia. So, uh, I, I would not be surprised. Yeah, man. Uh, Chiefs Niners or excuse me, uh, Eagles Niners is one hell of a trench matchup. I think you've got mm-hmm. arguably the two best defensive lines in the league. Uh, I don't think the 49ers offensive line is top five, but if you obviously you have to factor in George Kittle there. So mm-hmm. um, that's just a fantastic, you know, it's going to be a bloodbath in the trenches that game. Um, I am also going with the Niners, though. I, I think that the Niners defense is just it's an incredible unit to watch, you know, stopping the run, stopping the pass. Um, I don't think that's going to be a game where the Eagles are able to run the football like they're usually able to. Um, so I, I do have the uh, Niners coming out of that uh, bloodbath on top. And then I, I I, think at some point the Bills probably will get over the hump, uh, you know, when it comes to beating the Chiefs. But I just don't I don't think they have enough pieces this year. Uh, I mean, the interior of that offensive line really worries me against a potential Chris Jones matchup. Um, and obviously, I, I think Mahomes is just, you know, playing at an extremely high level right now. And um, I, I do see what Arjun's saying a little bit about the Bills defense being a tad overrated. I don't think they're going to have an answer for Travis Kelsey in that game. So I'm going to have Chiefs Niners. Um, and then I'll kick us off for the Super Bowl. I am going with the Chiefs to uh, win the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, for all of us who are Charter fans, uh, being being forced to watch the Chiefs win a another Super Bowl, which is not going to be uh, super fun. But I just think that offense is just humming on all cylinders, man. And I, I don't I don't think that there's an answer for uh, essentially perfect quarterback play like we've seen from Patrick Mahomes this season. Ah, oh, what a downer! All right, um, <laughs> I don't know who was next. You go ahead. All right, sure. I. Am ever so slightly because of my entire family an Eagles fan, and I refuse to root against them. So I'm going to go with the Eagles. Let's uh, go. I do think like <laughs> they can actually win. I do think, as a whole, not that the two NFC teams are better, but there's just kind of just something about the trenches that I love, and I think they have obviously you know they can do enough uh, to win with their quarterback play or scheme. So I'm going to go with the Eagles here over the Chiefs. And I, listen, it's, it's just wishful thinking also. I think Matt, Patrick Mahomes is you know, easily the MVP. But I think Jalen Hurts gets the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, thank you, Tyler. I will be picking the Chiefs over the Eagles. Um, no. Yeah. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah. What happened? I, I, I would love what to pick. What a twist. Okay, here's the thing. One, I have to reverse jinx. I can't pick the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. There's no oh, okay. way that oh. that can't happen, all first right, of all. all right. Second of all, I kind of do actually think the Chiefs would win the Super Bowl um, in, in Kelsey Bowl 57. Um, I I don't know. I, I just think the Chiefs are kind of like a humming on all cylinders team. And like there's a chance they get into a shootout with the Bengals or the Bills or the Eagles. And like they end up losing on like a high variance kind of outcome. But I almost just think Patrick Mahomes has been playing at too high of a level 
uh, to kind of be rejected this year or like some weird bullshit happens to him. Um, all, always could happen. Um, and he's going to be going up against the you know gauntlet of quarterbacks, whatever way it unfolds, whether that's, you know, Herbert and then Allen or Herbert and then uh, or Lawrence, whatever combination of quarterbacks he ends up facing. Uh, so it's going to be entertaining either way. But yeah, I just kind of trust uh, Andy Reid over Nick Sirianni a little bit too. Kind of like Arjun indicated a little bit earlier. I think Nick Sirianni can get there. But yeah, I it's not in Andy Reid's heart to lose another Super Bowl. Um, that would be pretty tough. But yeah, I, I do think that Andy Reid versus Philadelphia is fun. I think the Chiefs win at the end though. All right, Arjun, round us out. Yeah, uh, first of all, I got to give a shout out to Max Vega. Kaiser would like lock up Travis Kelsey. Uh, got to give a shout out to our boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, I, I will go. With We're agreeing with that? <laughs> I have to agree yeah. with it. I mean, I you guys <laughs> want to agree you with have it. The reverse not. jinx, Alex. Okay. That's right. true. For the, for the priors. Yeah, I am going Chiefs, though, over the Niners. You bet on elite offenses over elite defenses. And I think just in this game, I wouldn't. I couldn't take Brock Purdy in a match versus Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, the Guilty as Charged podcast. Three of the four of us picked the Chargers to beat the Jags, and three of the fly, four of us are picking Eagle the Chiefs fly. to win the Super Bowl. So. <laughs> you win some, you lose some, is what I'm saying. Eagles. Sorry. Wow. I, I will say that I, uh, I'm obviously I'm rooting first and foremost for the Chargers to win the Super Bowl. But if the Chargers can't win it, I hope it's the Bills because I think just the, the DeMar Hamlin situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just wanted to put that out there. I, I, if the Chargers don't win it, I, I want the Bills to win it. But I, my brain is is telling me, obviously, to pick the Chiefs. I also... <laughs> when no. we get to our Tyler? picks... Tyler? No. no, 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 no. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. When we get... If the Chargers win tomorrow... I may or may not change my pick next week, depending on how they play tomorrow. Hey, sure, Tyler, I am totally with you. I'm. To- I think they they go into Kansas City if they win tomorrow and they like look good. I will change my pick and I will be betting the Chargers right after they win if they you know if they have to go to the Chiefs. There you go. Some what of it's we- contingent on Rashawn Slater returning. Okay, if, if the Chargers if the Chargers win tomorrow and then Rashawn Slater is back, what's the line for that Kansas City game? Cocaine. <laughs> I think I think it'd be Chargers plus three. Three. Wow. Okay. I was I, I was I was thinking maybe four four and a half. I was thinking four four and a half. That's all. I I just think I think Chargers have always played the Chiefs tough, and like they those That's games true. always come down to three points. I I think it would either be three or three and a half. I think four. I think four would be a little too much. I think in the playoffs, you don't, especially the divisional round, you don't get those like kind of larger spreads. Yeah. Um, and in fairness to what I said earlier, because people said in the chat, you know, the, the Chargers didn't have Mike Williams in the Sunday night football game against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Right? Well, well correct. they had Keenan came back. Keenan came back. No, they, they had Mike, but he left. Right. He, that was the one catch he, that he left in the first quarter, that, second quarter. That game, I think the line was. Was Chiefs plus or Chargers or Chargers right. plus four and a half? Yeah, uh, but plus. a lot is but a lot has gone on since then, and like that was right. when the Chargers were really injured, coming off a bad or not a bad Niners loss, but a loss versus the Niners. I think they come off a win. I think things will be different. Right. Um. So yeah, I mean, there's an argument again if like you don't have Mike Williams and things are just a little bit more random. I will say Mike Williams coming out with an injury in that Sunday Night Football game versus the Chiefs 
prepare for a whole week as if they're not going to play Mike Williams is a little bit obviously of a different scenario if you're comparing like potential outcomes of those games, right? The Chargers keeping it close versus, you know, potentially that game getting a little bit away from them. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, and it's Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes can always turn into a shootout in that sense. But yeah, yeah I'm I, I just feel like the Mike Williams thing kind of does potentially lower their ceiling, as, as Arjun said earlier, for later in the postseason more than the Jags game. Um, but obviously, if we if we're having a podcast and we do a complete 180 and they beat the Chiefs with Michael Bandy as their fourth receiver, <laughs> God bless them. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, we promised a Q&A. So we'll take questions for about uh, 10 minutes. We'll see how that goes. Um, Arjun, if you have to take off, uh, you, you can feel free and uh, head out. If you want to stick around, you're welcome to stick around. So um, all right. So we'll uh, we'll take questions for about 10, 15 minutes. If you have a question, feel free to uh, fire them away now. So uh, whether it be about a key matchup or, or whatever have you about the uh, upcoming playoff game, uh, feel free and ask away. So a super chat from Richard. I'm going to the game and made this giant poster. Sean Payton would have rested Mike Williams. Hopefully the cameras pick it up. LOL. Hashtag bolt up. Uh, I, I can't wait to see it. I, yeah, I mean, I could see them doing that. Like the cameras will pick it up. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends where you're sitting too. Are you sitting like <laughs> yeah, out of the lower the bowl? Hundreds? <laughs> if you're very high up, it's not going to get picked up. Well, that's true. Today, but if you're, you just gotta, if you're you just gotta throw it. Field, then, yeah. <laughs> uh, but appreciate the super chat as always richard is a is a fantastic uh supporter of the show hopefully you have a good game a uh, good time at the game tomorrow so uh yeah i think that's a fun decision to go to the game go to a playoff game um was that the only super chat we missed i believe so but i'll keep going through okay um All right, Teresa wants to know which wildcard team has the best chance for a Super Bowl. Um, I assume he's asking non-chargers. So I think for me, that's probably the Cowboys still, just on a talent basis. Yeah, I agree. But why not the Niners? Well, the Niners are... Uh, not a wildcard team. Oh, oh, okay, sorry. Wildcard oh, game. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha. Of the lower-seeded. Yeah. Because I'm not, it's obviously not the Dolphins. It's obviously not the no. Ravens. Uh, I think you could like kind of talk yourself into the to, to the Vikings, maybe. Oh, no, wait, no, they're not a wild card team. Sorry. I don't know. Um, you could talk to the Seahawks, maybe, because they have a decent offense. They yeah. Get hot for a yeah. Games. Yeah. I mean, you could have Gino play hot for a couple games. Um, I'd probably say if we're saying non Chargers, I'll go with the Giants. Just because Dable um, Giants have a history of going on these bullshit playoff runs before. Uh, and yeah, I mean, they have a good running game, obviously, with Saquon there. Um, do think they lose in the divisional round versus, you know, regardless of whether that's in San Francisco potentially or whether that's in Philadelphia. But um, I, yeah, I, I think that that's going to be a tough uphill battle for them. But yeah, I, I sort of just think that there's that like young aspect team uh, with yeah. their team too. So. I don't know. I could see it being them. If we're including the Chargers in that, I mean, I might still pick the Chargers in a weird way just because the the Ravens and the Dolphins are unfortunately total non-starters because of their quarterback positions, right? Mm -hmm. They're not making a run. And then, you know, you're like, would you take the Chargers or like 
the Tom Brady Bucks in their current state as like the best. Or I guess the Bucks aren't a wild card team, but uh, Cowboys. Like, yeah, Cowboys, Giants. Like I would sort of say the Chargers are kind of even with the Cowboys right now, right? Like you know, even with the Mike Williams loss, maybe a little bit under them. But um, yeah, I, I I might still pick the Chargers just because advantage of the quarterback position over the rest of the field. Sure. Yeah, I would say Chargers. I think that. Dallas, are they a better team than the Chargers? How do I even say that? They have to go through one of Philly or the 49ers, and I think, or even just, you know, I just, or both, but I think that's going to be difficult. I don't think they can. I think the Chargers, if we're saying the best team in the AFC really is the Chiefs, I think the Chargers do have the capacity to beat that team more than I think the Cowboys have to beat the other two teams. Yeah, I think I you, you definitely take the Chargers over the Chiefs more likely than Cowboys over Niners. I think that's fair to say. Uh, so Richard said he is uh, right on the visitor side tunnel. So, oh, uh, see you yeah. at the game. <laughs> definitely. Um, all right, uh, next question here. Now, obviously, if you guys see any, uh, feel free and shout them out. So uh, Jacob Arnall wants to know who does Vato, Michael Davis guard primarily, uh, Zay Jones or Christian Kirk? And then he says, dude has been a beast. And Michael Davis has been a beast. So um again referencing that christian kirk does take about 70 percent of his snaps from the slot mm-hmm. i don't think we'll see much of michael davis on christian kirk personally um i think we'll see him kind of split evenly pretty much between zay jones and, and evan ingram and and uh marvin jones just kind of depending how the the jaguars uh want to do their their splits yeah i'd agree yeah so yeah so last game davis was targeted three times three uh when he was in coverage versus Zay Jones, targeted five times when he was in coverage versus Marvin Jones, and then one time versus Christian Kirk. So I would hopefully think they put him on Zay Jones because he is the better receiver over Marvin Jones. And I think you can just stick Asante or Jaw Taylor over there. And, you know, Marvin Jones isn't really going to get, get the ball. So hopefully they uh, are smart with that. Yeah, the the one thing I'll say is different. I I would say primarily Zay Jones, but I could also see them doing sort of what they do with Kelsey and Waller sometimes and have like Michael Davis, Derwin James combo on Evan Ingram uh, a little bit just because Evan Ingram's, I believe, like 6'3", right? Obviously kind of very fast. Mm-hmm. Sort of feels like a matchup that Michael Davis can take at certain points if they want to do different things depending on like, do you want to send Derwin James on a blitz or some stuff like that? Um but yeah, I'll say primarily Zay Jones with a little bit of uh, Evan Ingram mixed in. Yeah, one thing I am really curious about to see if uh, Brandon Staley goes kind of back to the Tampa 2 concepts he, he ran against the Dolphins with the way the Jaguars kind of work the middle of the field. I think that is something that they can uh, use to their advantage there. Uh, all right, quick question here. Uh, Kylan Alexander wants to know, defensive player bold prediction. Arjun, we'll start with you there. Um... I think we get a okay bold prediction. Let's do a Kenneth Murray sack. I think he's been close the past couple of weeks, and I think he got one. Last I think week. yeah, he got one last week, but he's been close like the past couple of weeks just in general. And I think hopefully the like I think Benjamin Solak said this the first time they played the Jaguars' plan was to expose Kenneth Murray in coverage. So hopefully they yeah. do limit the kind of roles he has in coverage, and if they you know if they are in like. If they're trying to blitz, they use Tranquil and Murray or some type of mixture of them, and we get Murray kind of screaming off or coming up, coming in the interior and, and blowing Travis Etienne up en route to a Trevor Lawrence sack. Alex, that bold prediction. 
Uh, Jags under 120 yards. <laughs> like I don't know. That would be bold. 120 like, total? rushing yards. Yeah. <laughs> oh, rushing yards. Yeah, rushing yards. Uh, oh, okay. No, no, really, that's not really a bold prediction. Uh, I think that's pretty bold. <laughs> is it? Is it? It could be considered. I don't think it's that bold. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, I was gonna say Kyle Van Noy records his sixth consecutive game with a sack, but I'll go with a funnier one. Sebastian Joseph Day records his second consecutive game. <laughs> with a <second>. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that was a heck of a play by Kyle Van Noy. I would would love another big man touchdown. Uh, Tyler, your bold prediction for the defense tomorrow. Ooh, an individual one. Let's go with. I don't know what it is. Let's say tackle for loss, sack, and interception for Derwin James. It's like a triple crown or whatever. I like that one. That'd be I, much I think, needed. Yes. I, I think that, yeah, I'm going to go with that one. Um, Let's see. You guys kind of took some of them. Uh, I think we see two sacks from Morgan Fox. That would have been my other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, obviously Bosa Mack get a lot of attention and, and rightfully so, like I highlighted earlier. But Morgan Fox has been uh, playing very well this season too. Okay, just to make sure we did this one, what's the craziest thing you guys would do if the Chargers won the Super Bowl? <laughs> oh, oh. I'll take a poop in Alex's yard. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say like eat, eat horse yeah. shit off the sidewalk but the eagles fans already did that when, when they won the super bowl um <laughs> i don't know uh craziest thing i do i don't know continue to be landlocked here <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's the crazy thing i can do come on stream in like a tutu or something and i don't know oh tutu. yeah sure yeah whatever. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not promising that but we can come up with crazy things that one of us has to do because i just said that they can't beat the chiefs without mike williams so if they if they win the super bowl or they beat the chiefs we can come up with things that i should do i don't know yeah if they I'll win the super bowl racist <laughs> if they win the super bowl this year we'll have to do something crazy for sure i uh I think I, it probably was Tyler who promised like a, a handstand or something after a certain game or something like that. Uh, I don't know. We'll, I'll do we'll it if they score a third quarter touchdown. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, we've gotten this question a lot uh, from Scott Moore on, on Twitter, but wanted to address it uh, here. Uh, if Slater comes back, does Sawyer move to guard or sit? Um, Jamari would move to a reserve role. I think this this team highlights cohesion and chemistry along the offensive line at every turn. And uh, Rashawn Slater and Jamari Salyer have never played next to each other. So I think you're asking a lot of the two of them. And they certainly would be capable if they had to do so in a pinch. But, uh, you know, Slater and Filer have all of last season to to go back on all of the offseason and training camp the first two weeks. So um, I think Salyer would move to a reserve role once, once or if Slater comes back. Yeah, I think they value cohesion, like Steven said, and I think it's part of why, like Slater, for example, is out this week because I think they want to be a hundred percent that they can he can play a hundred percent of the snaps, right? Um, and then that's the hope that if they win this game and he comes back next week in Kansas City, um, that you know that is what happens with Salier most of the reserve role. Um, I know there will be some people that say like bench Filer, but like they're not going to do that, obviously, in a playoff game in this scenario where they value cohesion and the chemistry that's been built through the off season, uh, through the season, you know potentially replacing Viler is kind of an off-season problem. So, I mean, they would, you know, run it back with these five uh, with Slater replacing Salier. Yeah, I would immediately start having him play right tackle as much as possible in practice, get those reps in, prepare to be playing right tackle because I, I do not want to see the alternative at right tackle. If that happens, that there's 
there's no Super Bowl run at all. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Super chat here from Chorizo Compapas. He wants to know the biggest mismatch for both teams on both sides. Uh, Arjun, you want to take a swing on that one? Yeah, I think um, I will start off with Keenan Allen versus uh, mm-hmm. Trey Herndon mm-hmm. or Chargers O versus Jaguars D. In terms of Jaguars D versus Chargers O, I would go – it feels weird. I'm going to go Josh Allen over Jamari Sawyer just because I think Allen has that speed rush, which Sawyer has struggled with. Just because mm-hmm. he, he's a heavier tackle than most. I think you know maybe Steven, you would agree with me on that or disagree. I think okay. he just has struggled versus speed, speed rushes in the past, and I think Josh Allen – succeeds in that on the other side of the ball um I, I don't think the Chargers D really has a mismatch with anyone honestly I think they match up very well on all fat in all facets so um yeah those are those are my two yeah um I was gonna say Josh Allen as well potentially versus uh Jamari Salyer just because you know he's probably the closest like physical presence we've seen towards like a Chandler Jones type of player um against Jamari Salyer so um that's kind of the mismatch there for me uh mismatch from a Chargers standpoint yeah I I think that it's just going to be you know the wide receivers versus that's secondary particularly the Herndon matchup kind of like Arjun said um although my opinions kind of changed on that because obviously with Mike Williams out they can kind of throw a lot of help into Keenan Allen's way now right um as opposed to that not being an option before because you couldn't really double cover one of Keenan or Mike and now with four wide receivers, they probably have the option to do that on at least some of the plays. So, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Chargers offense and Jaguars D is definitely Keenan versus Trey Herndon. Um, I would say when the Jaguars are on offense, I would say Evan Ingram versus Kenneth Murray and Nasir Adderley whenever they're matched up with him. Yeah, I was going to say Travis Etienne versus Kenneth Murray. So just whatever Kenneth Murray is doing, that's the that's the mismatch. <laughs> Travis <laughs> Etienne versus tackling. I mean, <laughs> is kind of what it really is. Oh, oh, man. Man. All right, yeah. we'll take a couple more here. So uh, last chance, last call here for questions. Um, if you guys have one you liked, obviously feel free to uh, put it up there. Oh, we got a hair question. I, I don't have a take on the hair. They both have great hair. Oh, just first of all, it's Justin Herbert. Obviously, if you look at their hair, like, okay, <laughs> like, like they both have good length to it, but Herbert has like that flow and volume to it. Yeah, it, it's Herbert for sure, and not even like a Homer thing. Trevor Lawrence has great hair, but it's just kind of it's just like there. I think Trevor Lawrence would look better with a cut though, because I think, than Herbert, I, yeah. Herbert with shaved head looked terrible. I I also wonder how much of this is like. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is in Florida, so how much of has his hair been affected by the humidity? Um, <laughs> that which, is a factor. Yeah, which yeah, flattens yeah. hair. Like, so if they were swapped, I don't know whose hair would look better. But yeah, I, I think Herbert's hair does look better. I think I think Trevor also needs a beard more than Herbert needs a beard. That's a weird thing to say, but Trevor's chin is just like so much bigger. Like he like he needs some balance there. Anyways. Very specific. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> God save us. Food question now, please. <laughs> um, I thought I saw a different other question, but I missed it. Uh, people asking about trading for Jalen Ramsey. Uh, no. Jalen Ramsey has a ton of money left on his contract. Also the Chargers have zero back, money. So they're not doing a fire sale. Yeah. 
pass. <laughs> All right. I'm not, I've scrolled up a little bit. Uh, I haven't really found any. So, okay. We'll take one more question here. So fire away all your questions. Ready? Go. Well, we got a Yu-Gi-Oh question. I don't know if you want to address that one, Tyler. Uh, I never played Magic the Gathering. Sorry. So I guess Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, I've never played either of those things. Well, you're Asian now. I've nominated you. Asian, <laughs> so you get to. <laughs> uh, speaking of, Tara thinks that we should make our logo that uh, picture that you posted, Tyler. Fine. I'll, if they win the Super Bowl, I'll dress like them for Halloween. Okay. <laughs> I'll be Yao. And it'll just be my, my naked legs standing on the table right here. All right. <laughs> Jacob Arnaud says, if they win the Super Bowl, y'all should eat mayo like Fajoko does. Uh, I realized after... Eat mayo? I missed this. Well, he was like, he tweeted about that question about like, if ketchup is not available to eat scrambled eggs, what would you put on it? And he put mayonnaise. Like, that was his choice. Uh, Why? I have no idea. But just like the only option? (laughs) Like, I think you do hot sauce over ketchup all the time. Anyway. Yeah. um, There's like, there's like... 14 15 condiments at least i would go through before i'm like all right let me put mayo on my fucking scrambled eggs (laughs) i don't think i could name 15 condiments so good for you Uh. i realized after watching or after that thread that i just like don't like mayonnaise very much because people respond to me undercover brother (laughs) people are like responding to me and we're like oh like you don't like deviled eggs or like egg salad i'm like no i like eggs i don't like mayonnaise though so. hard-boiled eggs are gross i agree i would actually agree. agree with that yeah for easter i always just kind of give them away those the eggs yeah kevin says egg. sriracha absolutely sriracha oh, hot sauce salsa any of that over frankly even ketchup all right now we're now we're getting in a little weird space so all right i think that's a good good spot to end it <laughs> we got we got our food question in um absolutely so um, all right, Arjun, uh, any final thoughts before we head out, man? Yeah, uh, I mean, just I, I think don't overreact too much to the Mike News Chargers still have a better than a better than a better chance than people are giving them. They're still favored. Uh, so I would still think I still think the Chargers are going to win. And hopefully we get a Herbert Masterclass on primetime. Alex, any final thoughts? Yeah, I uh, hope we get a Herbert Masterclass on primetime, like Arjun said. Hope we get to you know continue doing these week-to-week podcasts. I don't want to enter the offseason. I don't want to start being like, oh, who should we take in the draft? Because I don't give a shit right now. I want this run to continue for as long as it can. So um, more Herbert is good, regardless of what the rest of the team looks like right now. Uh, so I still would like to see the Chargers, obviously, win this game. Uh, I think anyone... If you're hoping they lose this game because you want Staley to get fired, that's absolutely loser shit. You should hope that they win the Super Bowl because that's what it's supposed to be. So um, scared of Doug Peterson, cautiously optimistic. Well said, Alex. Well said. <laughs> cautiously optimistic, checks the score, lost 24 well, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a reverse jinx attempt. That's how I'm defending it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I, I'm, I'm deciphering it now. I get it. Okay. I get it now. I Thank get it you. Now. Um, okay, well, I will non-ironically, non-reverse jinxing, believe in this Chargers team, and I think they can pull it off, basically because of the players, and mostly because of Justin Herbert. And we get primetime Justin Herbert, and that's going to be awesome. 
Yeah, I've uh, really started to feel, obviously, in a very similar fashion to how we all felt about uh, Trevor, or about, uh, excuse me, Philip Rivers, uh, the way we feel about Justin Herbert and his ability to give the Chargers a chance in uh, any game that the Chargers have. So it uh, should be fun. It should be a fun matchup. I, you know, primetime playoff game can't ask for more than that. So, uh, you know, the Chargers are obviously in a great spot and obviously in a, in a spot to silence a lot of the doubters, uh, a lot of the haters on uh, national media, on Twitter and all that good stuff. And I do agree with Alex. If you want them to lose, I don't understand why you are a sports fan in general. I think one, rooting for your team to lose is uh, lame. So there we go. Unless you were a Sixers fan in like 2013. then it was Yeah, unless you're pro tanking. Unless you're pro tanking. <laughs> if you were a Texans fan last week, you were absolutely losing. For, yeah, that's a different for your team to lose. <laughs> Oh. All right, so, uh, you know, come hell or high water, we will be going live tomorrow night after the game. Uh, hopefully after a win, you know, we'll be, uh, you know, basking in the glory of, of Justin Herbert in a primetime spot. So uh, come tune in then. Should be about 15, 20 minutes after the game eventually goes final whenever that happens. So uh, thanks so much for tuning in today, guys. Thanks so much for all of your support throughout the season. Hopefully this is not the last pregame Q&A episode for the Guilty as Charged podcast. All right, that's it. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.